Hey everyone, listen in as we talk about Iceland's four-day work week and how that may or may not work for Americans and what you can do yourself to improve your own productivity at work. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And he's clapping because I remembered. (laughs) Only, only because we just recorded it. Yeah. Because we do batch recordings. Okay, more current events. time traveling. We moved forward a full week in someone's life in 10 minutes. Yeah. We're pretty awesome. All right, not much to this article I found, so we're just going to jabber on about it. Hope you guys like us that much. That's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) This was another article about a four-day work week, which we recorded an episode about this. I think it might have been two years old because I'm thinking about the office we were in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. And Kyle says he thought it was Microsoft. I can't. I can't remember. We'll have to go back and look. I I think it was like an international company and it was just a portion of their company that was in maybe like Canada or something. Right. And I remember part of the thing we got to was when they had fewer hours and fewer days to work in, they tended to be a little more productive. Yes. So this is in Iceland, a whole country. But you know what? I should have looked up the population of Iceland to see. Are you going to Google it right now for? You you talk. I'll I'll find out. Okay. Um, So Iceland tried a four-day work week. They tracked 2,500 employees that worked. What are you laughing about? They're tiny. Their population? Yeah. What is it? 356,991. So like. 356,000? Yeah. The whole country? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> they tracked 2,500 employees that worked 35 to 36 hours so it's what, per half week the workforce? <laughs> without a pay cut. Okay. Um, so they noticed that productivity and services remain the same or improved. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't decrease, which is good. Um, and that there were indicators that showed, you know, less perceived stress and burnout, better health, a better work-life balance, and those kinds of things. And um, they said, you know, it shows the public sector is ripe for doing shorter work weeks. I don't disagree. Now, I say this, and I am a person that frequently works 50, 60 hours a week. Amen to that. But I will say... (laughs) If I wasn't running a small business with everything that has to go on there, I would kind of be a fan of this idea. I would love to have a a day to go home and do my woodworking or whatever else hobbies I wanted to do. I think that'd be fantastic. I'm not the kind of person that can be lazy for very long. It gets under my skin if I watch more than just a few hours of TV in a week. Um, But I like the idea of a short work week. 
And I will say that, I mean, well, we've all had this experience. You've got a deadline for a project, right? Whether this was when you're in school studying or a project at work, mm-hmm. but you have a deadline and that deadline's approaching, somehow or another, you manage an insane level of productivity. What if we could maintain that over a shorter period of time? We could do a lot. Well, I think back to when I, you know, was working a regular job and I was teaching five days a week. Most days I got there early, stayed late. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't even really look forward to the weekends because Saturday was, you know, laundry, got to make the grocery list, got to do the grocery shopping. But, you know, that was before the days of grocery pickup and ordering and things <laughs> like that. The olden days. The olden days. We actually and, had you know, to drive to the store. <laughs> And walk in and all around the store and find what you need. Now, that is a pain in the butt. I can never find anything. It's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. So, um, you know, that's what Saturdays were for, getting all that done. And then Sunday was church day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe last minute planning for the work week. Right. And then you go back to work. Yeah. So if instead... We extended those school days or work days for the teachers and maybe even built in more planning time for us. Right. And then gave us Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Right. Well, we talked about it on the book club a little bit, uh, Measure What Matters. Uh, Google has had a thing forever to where their employees are given 20% of their work week, which turns out to be a full day a week. Mm -hmm. 20% of five day a week is is a day. For personal projects. So if they have some weird interest that they they got and they, they want to pursue that kind of oddball idea, they're encouraged to take up to 20% of their work week for, for personal projects. Now, the idea there being that that'll drive additional innovation, creativity, and like you said here in the article, help prevent burnout. Mm-hmm. Burnout's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, how many times you go to work and you're like, huh, this morning for me, like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. This is so difficult. Uh, how am I going to get everything done? But when you get to throw your own kind of personal mix into the flare, it helps. And I think having that extra day on the weekend would be helpful. Mm-hmm. My question is, I wonder how many years it would take or how many generations it would take for that three day weekend to become like, Oh, I have to play catch up on Friday and then I only yeah. have Saturday for this and Sunday for this. Well, um, but there are a lot more conveniences now, such as the grocery, right. but you know, that, that make it easier. Well, you know, I have part of my job cause I do a lot of the sales and marketing for us to be on LinkedIn, but I catch myself so often. I'm not doing nothing productive. I'm just kind of scrolling and I feel productive, but I'm just wasting time. And let me tell you, when I have a tight deadline coming up, none of that random LinkedIn scrolling ever occurs. (laughs) I mean, you know, funny how that works out. Well, and it, like you said, it's like drives productivity and that you have a deadline. So as long as you have this five day work week, you think, well, I can work on that tomorrow. I can work on that tomorrow. I can work on that tomorrow. Well, when there's only four days to work Mm -hmm. on it, it makes it harder to put things off. I am curious how well this would work over, and you were kind of hitting on this, but how well this would work over an extended period of time. Because mm-hmm. I get there's the short-term benefit, right? Short-term, okay, I'm going to be hyper-productive 
for four days and I'm going to get what normally I do in five days done in four days because I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to be smarter with my time. I'm going to plan it better. You know, I'm not going to do the 30 minute chit chat after lunch. Mm -hmm. I just wonder how long people could maintain that as well. Like some people are good at being hyper productive. Some people aren't. Well, I liken it to, you know, recently, a month and a half ago, the kids were getting out of school for the summer. And our oldest, he really hates that last week of school because, you know, it's just a goof off week and he doesn't want to be there. And we kind of go through this a little bit every year, like, oh, why do I have to go? We're not doing anything anyway. And so usually I'm the one that bears the brunt of that because I take them to and from school. But Kyle happened to be there when he was having this woe is me pity party. (laughs) I have to go to school to have fun and goof off with my friends. Um, And Kyle said something like, it's kind of a necessary thing because if we take away the last week of school, the next year it ends a week earlier, it's still the last week of school. Right. So that's what I think about, you know, this four-day work week. Mm -hmm. Like, eventually, it's going to be like, oh, well, I can goof off a little bit and make it up on the weekend. I think there would be a short-term, I mean, how long did they say how long they study this? Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess not more than six months. Let me peruse the article momentarily. So, because I could see a six-month benefit, but then I wonder, when you're two years into doing this, how's that going to work? And another thing that comes up is, okay, so fine, you're doing a four-day work week, but your customers and suppliers are doing a five-day work week. Guess what? Someone's got to be on that daggum phone on the fifth day. Yeah. Yeah, that becomes a problem. It depends on what sector you're in. Um, It doesn't say... I could see this being really good for tech, for a bunch of techies. Yeah. It said that it was just 2,500 employees that worked 35 to 36 hours in the four days. But say you're a well. Oh, Oh. they tracked them from 2015 to 2019. Really? Over a four-year period. Huh. Well, maybe my opinions are wrong. That's got me quiet now. That doesn't and happen it often. Said, uh, the study says, this is a quote, by the time of this report's publication in June of 2021, 86% of Iceland's working population are now on contracts that have either moved them to shorter working hours or give them the right to do so in the future. Hmm. That's interesting. And it says similar studies are now being conducted in other countries, including Spain and New Zealand. Interesting. Hmm. Well, I need to look at that a little bit more. I know for me it's it's hard to do, but I mean, I guess so if you have if you have the same change enacted at a larger scale that that could make it easier to adopt. I, I think feel like sm- for America it would be so hard because you know, it's our like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like that's what makes us Hard proud. Kind of a like, value. We're busy. We're working. Yeah. We're I'm so busy. And it, yeah. it, even if it's not work, even if you're stay at home mom, which is what I consider myself, even though I work at the business, you know, it's like, oh, I'm so busy. I got to take the kids here right. and there. Like, even if it's not work, that's where our value is that we're so busy. Well, I've talked about this a number of times before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast or not, but, and I'm by no means a psychologist. It's just my own 
personal interpretation of folks <laughs> is like you think about uh, emotions as buckets. Like we all have buckets for emotions. We need to feel so much love. We need to feel so much appreciation. I think psychologists have likened this to buckets. So. Yes. I'm not saying I came up with none of this. It's just my understanding. Well, you say it. you're not a psychologist. Yeah. So I'm saying I, th- I feel like yeah. you're on a good path here. <laughs> Um, different people need different levels in there, right? Like I don't need a whole lot of, uh, social interaction, other people, it's different, right? But I think everyone also has another bucket of stress. Mm-hmm. We have to have a certain level of stress in our lives. If we do not get that level of stress from productive, uh, productive, engaging activities, we're gonna fill our bucket with other forms of stress and so i think sometimes that uh kind of backfires on us and rather than filling our bucket with productive stress that can do good in the world we fill it with petty complaints about everything and i'm so busy is another way to fill your bucket because guess what you ain't accomplishing everything you want to have accomplished so what are you going to fill the bucket the rest of the way with complaints about how busy you are (laughs) Well, that that sent you off on a tangent. I was just saying that, you know, (laughs) I don't know if America could ever adopt it because they need to feel like they're so busy. We couldn't possibly do a four day work week. Well, we kind of talked about that on the uh, the subtle art of not giving a uh, book review. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, What was it? The uh, uh, the outrage porn was the term. And uh, what was the other one? Um, Victimhood chic. Yes. Victimhood chic. So. You know, we, if you come across talking about how awesome you are or how much you got done or the amazing things you accomplished, even if completely real and legitimate, you come across as looking full of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's generally accepted to be a bad personality trait. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if we talk about, I'm so busy, I've got this going on, I've got that going on, it elicits empathy from other people and elicits empathy of ourselves. And you don't look as bad to the world for being empathized as you do saying, I did this and it was Mm -hmm. awesome. People kind of get tired of hearing it. Well, and along that route, I think we've kind of deviated from the topic of this, but that's okay. It's our (laughs) podcast. We can do what we want. Um, You know, Kyle and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. And, you know, on this stupid show I watched that Kyle hates many years ago, I heard one of the people say money talks but wealth whispers Mm -hmm. wealth whispers and you know the idea being that you don't have to announce that you have money right people will know it right and i think the same is true by being productive Mm -hmm. uh being busy being you know accomplish you don't have to announce it to the world right people will figure it out if you just go about your day-to-day and keep your mouth shut such an easy conversation topic it's something we all have in common we all get to complain about things so going back to the article though is i do i wonder how long and to your point here in our american culture where complaining is kind of seen as a positive trait a positive thing in conversation the more you can complain and whine about something, the more engaging you get to be in conversation. I don't know how well forward day work week would work here. Well, and then, you know, another consideration is we want things to be convenient and at our fingertips is another situation we've created our, our, for ourselves as Americans. 
So I think about like doctor's offices. Oh, yeah. How, I mean, could they work four day work? I mean, they already have urgent cares that are or after hours clinics. Yeah. Like could a doctor's office manage that? Yeah. I think it's difficult, but I think something that probably most people could take from this, though, is that we are all on a daily basis as individuals, as teams, capable of being far more productive with the time we have than we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really is. I, I put an app on my computer uh, once to kind of track how productive I was during the day. Um, so like you would track, you know, time I spent on websites, time I spent here, time I spent in meetings, all this different stuff. And it was really interesting to see, um, how unproductive I became after lunch. It's like <laughs> before lunch, oh, I was rocking it after lunch is bad. Yeah. That was always kind of the deal breaker for me when I was teaching. I knew after I ate lunch, I was kind of done. So I would schedule the subjects that were easier for me to teach after <laughs> lunch. Now, something I, it, it's hard to do now because I don't work in an office with 30 people like I used to. Um, but something I found that was kind of a, a hack for me is I would eat lunch at 11 o'clock or mm-hmm. maybe 1130. That way I finished my lunch before everyone else went on break. Um, then that gave me that noon hour where I was guaranteed no one would bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like a kickstart to be hyperproductive the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And it was just simple. I just changed my lunchtime. And there was a couple of guys in the office that uh, I enjoyed talking with. So we all three, you know, decided that, okay, well, fine. We're just going to eat lunch at 1130 while everyone else takes their, their lunch break at noon. It sounds so silly and so tiny, but it allowed me to not to keep up the pace, but pick it back up and really run through the end of the day very, mm-hmm. very productively. Yeah. So look for ways you can be more productive in yeah. your work day and maybe free up some time. Oh, I yeah. know, you know, when Kyle worked his nine to five before this business venture, that was something you talked to them about. Like, I just got to have time for my family. And, and he did such a good job at what he did. Yeah. He was allowed to leave for, mm-hmm. you know, when I was pregnant and had doctor's appointments or the kids' baseball games or, you know, whatever yeah. it may be, because they knew he was going to make that time up and be productive when he was there. But it requires a lot of thinking ahead and a lot of planning, mm-hmm. a, a lot. Um, and, like, you know, I'm probably going to be working this this weekend. And so as I'm sitting here laying out my to-do list for this weekend, I then sit and look back at, you know, this week, like, you know, I'm sacrificing time with my family because I'm going to be here at the office for eight hours on eight hours on Saturday. Well, dadgummit, how many hours did I waste this week that if I had worked on something more effectively, more efficiently, more productively, mm-hmm. would I have that need to be gone on Saturday? It just requires a different frame of mind and a new line of thought. Yes. Yes. We only have, I mean, this is all cliche, but you really got to think about it is we only have so many hours in a week. So every time you sit on that phone and scroll, 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 or watch some YouTube video, even if it's interesting and engaging, not goofy, but every minute you spend there. Or is sit a, and listen to a podcast. Oh, well, this is beneficial. <laughs> um, this is worthwhile, but it's also only 20 minutes. You can listen to it on the drive. That's our goal. Yes. Um, but every minute that you spend doing one of these non-value added activities robs from future time. Mm-hmm. That may be future time to meet a deadline. That may be time sitting down with your family on the weekend. It's going to be something. 
there's it's a limited resource i think about those you know you talk about all the hours you, and you only have so many hours in a week and i keep connecting it back to kids because we have three kids and i've been working a lot this summer when in the past i never have ever right. worked in the summer yeah. because i was a teacher oh, and even with this business i just didn't work in the summer kyle didn't need me here that much and now he does and i have to be yeah. here and um, it's really hard on me, and it's been very hard on the kids. Yeah. And so I think about the church lessons that we've heard in a couple of different sermons about, you know, you only have so many weeks with your kids till yeah. they graduate, and it's like 900 and something. Oh, yeah, all the Saturdays. And they, like, oh. they would put the marbles in the jar. So when you're thinking about your hours in a work week, mm-hmm. think about those weeks with your kids. Yep and how quickly those hours go by and how could you be more productive Yep. to not lose those hours with your family and your kids. Amen to that. Hey guys, this is Darcy with Quality Matters. We really appreciate you listening. And if you enjoy it, we invite you to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Subscribe, comment, leave us a review. We're happy to hear from you.